you're listening to Funk With Fate, a show about being a body and cultivating pleasurable relationships with everything. And I'm your host, Mackenzie McCormick. This podcast will explore how our embodied experiences connect us to the world through astrology, philosophy, dance, magic, and anything that invigorates our aliveness. What makes us feel the most alive? Big inhale, big exhale. Now let's get grooving. Hello, hottie, and welcome to the show. Right now it is 9.23 p.m. Eastern, 6.23 Pacific Mm. on Thursday, August 31st, 2023. And at this moment in my location, Aries is rising, ruled by Mars in Libra in the seventh, which is so perfect because today is another episode of the Spicy Rendezvous. It is all about Mars in Libra. And today on the pod, we have Cameron Cassidy with us. Hello, everyone. Mackenzie, thank you so much for having me here. I'm pumped to talk about Mars. And we also just have to mention like the meeting moment of the moment right now is a little too good. Yeah, because for um, me, Aries is rising, but for you, I have I have Aqua rising here. So we got Air rising, and that's that's all me. And we got the Fire rising, that's all you. And then Mars is in your seventh, and that's me. And Venus is in my seventh, and that's you. So <laughs> this is just all lined up perfectly. So yeah, I'm really stoked to to chat about Mars today. So thanks for having me here. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited about this. I remember this was one of the first things we bonded about when we met was talking about both of our Venus ruled Mars and just the feeling of that. And I'm new instantly when I started this series, I was like, it has to be Cam for Mars and Libra. I knew it. Um, So I'm so excited to have you on for this episode. This is personally one of my favorite Mars placements. I feel like I say this every episode because I love Mars everywhere and that's just me as a Mars person. (laughs) But I have so many of my loved ones with Mars and Libra and I Mm. literally, my partner, (laughs) and it means so much to me to have this conversation with someone who I know is so deeply embodied in this, like in this expression. So yeah let's you know tell us all about you introduce yourself to the pod because we all know that this is not going to be the only episode that cam is on spoiler alert and so go ahead and let the pod know all about you where you come from your practice in astrology your journey with it all the goodies yeah so basically my name's cameron um some handles you might see me as omega astrology that's also me um but yeah, so I practice astrology. I kind of have an eclectic blend of a few different kinds of styles of astrology. I do a lot of traditional astrology, um, you know, the whole Hellenistic thing, medieval thing, um, even some Renaissance stuff. And also uh, I've been studying more Babylonian and sidereal astrology in the last year and the last few months, which has been also really exciting. I also started studying med- medical astrology very recently. Um, so not in my practice yet, but it's creeping its way in, which is exciting because I've wanted to do that for a long time. So yeah, but I live in the North Shore of Massachusetts. I live just outside of Salem um, and yeah, on native NOMCAG lands, um, just north of Boston. And 
yeah i i love sharing about astrology i love helping people like remember how astrology is such a powerful tool for not just like conscious embodiment but also like reconnection with the cycles that we forget we're moving either against or with and helping mm -hmm. us to remember to move with them by yeah just invoking the divine parts of ourselves that are also always moving all around us and co-creating that conscious embodiment with people so yeah that's me <laughs> do you want to mention the codex mundi oh sure <laughs> I mean, yeah i guess so this last uh winter i released a project that's basically um i mean it was sort of inspired by and i know we were like maybe gonna chat about this so i'll i'll just keep this brief or or not i don't know whatever this whatever but yeah it just came from like uh this idea of like the thema mundi which is this sort of initial concept that people learn in uh traditional astrology that's been taught in uh schools of traditional astrology for the most ancient of times and it's like this diagram of um you know our cosmos and codex mundi literally means like the law of the universe and so mm. i kind of took the inspiration from that like uh you know seven planets in the 12 signs and kind of blew that up to um include lots of other factors and rulerships and like degrees and stars and all these things that you learn along the way and it's kind of like in this poster mandala thing and then I also wrote this like 200 page book that goes with it so you can read all about it if you want to learn about how it works and how we can use it in practice so yeah that's so it's so good it's so good I love it I could not even wait until like an end to promo that because it's like I love it so much I have one and I'm feel blessed to have one because I love looking at it and you can find so many different meanings through it and I yeah it's an important piece about you to begin with um so yeah obviously you are here because you are an astrologer who has Mars and Libra mm -hmm. and so do you want to start by just letting us know where your Mars is at mm -hmm. yeah so I have Mars and Libra in the fifth house and it's pretty early so my Mars return has already happened. Mm. Um, oh, yes. And, important to mention. Yes. Important to mention about the chart of the moment that we even skipped over hilariously <laughs> because, yeah, the chart right now for my location, uh, Aries rising ruled by Mars and Libra. And this is okay. the first Mars episode that I have recorded that has actually been recorded at the beginning of the Mars transit because usually we record them right before the ingress so that the release is right on it. And this time we're doing it in the first couple degrees of mars and libra and so yeah for you yours is so early that it's already happened yes yeah so that feels good um and yeah i feel like it's just lining up right now well with what my mars is up to natally generally i mean he's in my fifth um so there's that feeling of like okay well or well maybe before we dive into that like do we want to talk more about Mars in Libra or should I just keep going about um sure actually yeah let's do that and then before we do let me go ahead and put like broad general sensitive content warning that we are going to be talking in depth about Mars who is a planet that is traditionally considered a malefic it rejoices in the sixth house which is 
a technical bad place and it is not generally a planet that brings us good things and so sensitive content things as such as dealing with the body aggression illness any depth of field with those painful uncomfortable things to be aware of in your body as you listen before we proceed so um but yeah mars and libra you know traditionally ruled by venus the place opposite of its domicile whatever you want to call that antithesis mm -hmm. detriment whatever um Exile, inversion yeah all of the <laughs> all, being thrown around too all yes we love talking about what we want to call the opposite of domicile and honestly <laughs> i love that about it <laughs> love that for her yeah i mean it's such an adventure though right because it's like that's the whole thing it's like discovering what it means to be like on the opposite side of something and like there is that feeling of you know people have said like being far from home you know literally when a planet's opposite its own sign um and figuring out how to describe that is like yeah it's not really easy to just give that a word because there are times when you can be far from home and be flourishing but also times when that can be really scary or isolating or painful um, and I think all of those experiences are summed up in, you know, those placements where people have an exiled planet. Um, and yeah, I mean, that range of effect is obviously more specific based on every chart, but like that general idea is like, okay, like there's something out of the box here. There's something that has to like really, you know, find its way. Um, and for Mars and Libra, maybe that's going to be a little hard um, because uh, I mean, just generally finding your way through I, I mean look every every antithesis is its own ordeal right because it's it's in its like opposite place um but there's this thing with mars and libra that's funny because it's still an active sign right like he's still in an air sign which is like you know he's up to business he likes to move um he's nocturnal because it cools him down you know he's in air signs uh, and that doesn't mean necessarily that's like, uh, at least in Libra, that quality is not so great because there's still like that. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, not so great. <laughs> Drop it like it's hot. Mars said, move fast, fast, Fa fast, fast. In fact, especially the cardinal air. It's like, let's, right. let's go. <laughs> yeah no there's that and and that's the other thing too here with like mars because it's like it's it's not just like it's not just not mars it's just mars as cardinal air which is like very much what i'm doing right now you know it's like this like it, it it's, right it's like okay people who are able to um you know they have to respond to social situations and respond to conflict and they have to be able to respond to um kind of like putting themselves into something or even being an observer and getting like thrown into dealing with that um you know whether they want to or not um maybe more times it's uh the former but <laughs> like there's this throwing yourself into something um mm. and all, essentially always being ready to be thrown into that's yeah. something i've really yeah. recognized with mars and libra is like it you're the always the readiness to be mm. going yeah which is really admirable that like that constantly is there even though it's like a like a default it's like always ready which is so so good yeah it's good but it's also like that's this whole side of it where how much can you throw yourself mm -hmm. out the window mm -hmm. um, and it's like when we when we talk about this archetype of that axis like aries and libra you know the self and others um in this like dualistic like ram go right towards it versus you know scales and weighing options mm -hmm. um there's this natural symbolism of like well when we throw the warrior 
onto the scales or we let him try to hold them <laughs> it's kind of like it, it's like if you give a warrior like scales he's going to be like all right how can i use this to kill someone <laughs> it's like you know there's this inherent like um how can i how can i make balance my weapon you know and like that's kind of this thing with mars and libra where that ability to kind of disguise and mask the fact that you're like trying to quell something to just make mm. everyone be happy and cool and chill is like also this like inversion thing where it's like you don't realize the warriors at play but like they're like getting in there to you know find this uh field of cohesion for the environment um yeah yeah in some way you have to be able to be good and keep everything on a essentially good equilibrium like mm -hmm. every like every piece has to be like satisfied or it's like that not just like holding it but essentially like the ram like plopping onto it like they're not going to be able to balance they're going to weigh one of those sides down there's not going to be anything that they can put that will mm -hmm. have the amount of like willpower not just weight but the sheer force of will and energy to be able to match that and so there's constantly that pull yeah yeah i mean i think mars and libra natives don't learn balance by like taking it slow and steady it's like you dive off the deep end and you you find out what happens you know it's like you only get to that area of realizing your opposite by being at one extreme end yourself i think you know mm -hmm. so it's like it's uh it's it's just as Aryan in that in that sense where it's like it's it's an inverted way of seeing how the extremes that we might tend towards or the extremes that we put ourselves in in certain social situations or um, within our relationships uh, it's the same it's the same quality um, but it's it's just always projected outwards instead of like inwards um, so I don't know yeah. it's always given that is something that Mars and Libra people do is that they do give a lot um, energetically to others that is something that I've seen and experienced deeply. Um, and also something that can be resonated to as like a Venus ruled Mars is right. that, cause at Mars in such a pure way is this fiery energy that we all have inside of us, you know? It's that oomph that just like drives us to do something and put our body into motion. Mm -hmm. And in Libra, it is such an outward, push of that energy that others truly do feel and receive that is so unique in the way that it like touches you as well because it generally makes people feel very seen mm -hmm. yeah i mean that be that being seen is great because it allows for that social flexibility and again like that that kind of that inner desire to participate or that mm. desire to show up um and and again you know that can look like people who you know work in social justice or people who work mm. with um you know in marriage counseling right it's like there's this element to how can uh like how can i step in and how can mm. like and again that that's the Aries part of it that isn't realized that like there isn't an active insertion that's going on but it's mm. always about the external which is what I meant about like it, it's projected outwards instead of like inwards yeah. and so 
that that like seeing something or like seeing like this is tilted like how can we you know make it a level mm. playing field um and that's experienced because in many ways mars and libra natives and again this speaks to where like yeah exiles are hard because for one reason or another in life you know there is going to be injustice there is going to be a feeling of you know inequality that is resonant on a level deep enough where the natives go out to change that for other people or remain in a place where they need other people's you know help to to find the balance Oof, yeah and the oh. that part and the dynamic quality of that be of being seen because you are able to see so many people's perspectives which is you know that inversion of constantly being confident that there is only one way and then being flexible enough to understand people's different perspectives in different places and to see how it's not just about like a two-sided balance it's like this multi-level like pulley system where like everything needs to be in the perfect equilibrium i often think about that about like not just like the two scales but often those like intricate systems um mm -hmm. that you often see that like uh if someone does like a domino effect and then everything kind of like clicks into this certain position i yeah. often think of, i often think of that with mars and libra about how it's about how every little small thing works together and mm. all of, and how that leads into everyone being heard and everyone having their needs fulfilled mm. um yeah yeah i mean it's it's the it's a never-ending battle in that way because um you know and everyone not even just people with mars and libra but it's just a journey of life to figure out you know where where your people are and what you want to fight for and what you want to stand for in your own identity um, and so there's just that archetype of Mars and Libra in general that, you know, exists in our collective existence um, and that people still experience, of course, by transit, like right now and by progression or, or whatever, you know, everyone's going to embody this at some time or another. Um, it is that that journey of having to say, like, when I when I put other people before myself, um, you know, how to to what extent can that be something that's like fulfilling but also something that's gonna be you know obviously draining when when that's not in balance so it's like there's like multiple levels of of figuring out what the balance looks like and um it can also even just be like this indecision because like again there's like mm. this desire to like see something or like tackle it or be like i want to work on that because i feel like it could be this or i want to like go meet this or do that because I feel like I could like in get like this perspective from other people and there's always this like devil's advocate that mm. that's getting played to always see the other perspective and always see the other half and that's Libra in general but especially for mm. Mars because Mars and Libra plays this role of like you know like the kids that won the debate team in high school or like the kids <laughs> with Mars and Libra in the middle and it's like this is someone who is naturally like just like forced to by their own psyche um like turn everything inside out and again mm. it's like almost incessantly um that like there's that uncovering and wanting to see from the other perspective that yeah it's great but like it has to be tempered or else you're arguing with everyone about things that don't need to be 
argued over, you know. Or else you have an opinion about everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which we do love an opinionated Mars and Libra. Not gonna lie. When they are when they spit, they get going. And we do love to see that. Because that is something that I do believe people perhaps underestimate about um, often like, then this probably goes for all three of like the classically debilitated Mars, you know, the Venus ruled and also fallen in cancer that, you know, Mars in debilitation still packs a punch. It's still Mars. Oh, yeah. People mm. forget. They're like, ah, oh, debilitated Mars equals weak Mars. Ha 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 ha. You know, that is if anything, the opposite of true, because that debilitated and also any debil debilitated planet has to work so much harder to, you know, baseline figure out how to do life that that ends up being sometimes a strength in in a way, because so much more energy has been put into like expressing that in a way that feels genuine and true and healthy and mm. not horrible, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and it's tough because, I mean, like when you start to think about, you know, for any planet, um, like how it's functioning based off of mm -hmm. its sect, right? Which is like when you're born mm -hmm. in daytime, um, <laughs> you know. We didn't, like... we didn't mention where your son was, I remember. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I was just going to say I'm a night chart. So Mars is actually like, he's all, he's, you know. He's all right. He's in. He's he's doing okay. <laughs> um, but I was just gonna say about sex, like there's day charts. You know, people born in with the sun above the horizon, and that difference with like you know having a hard Mars. You know, for people is like, it's gonna go like one of two ways because there's either this like, <clears throat> okay, Mars instability, which can look like a hundred different things. It could be sign, aspect, or house, or whatever. But if there's a problem with Mars, you know, for day folks, it's like, where's this energy getting like overexpended? That's like really, because like, think about it. If the, if the nature of the environment is like hot and bright and light, like daytime, if Mars is causing problems, it's like, yes, there's, there's too much heat going on. It's not enough. I mean, I'm sorry. It's, it's way too much. Um, but like in a night chart, if there's a problem with Mars, um, it, it gets too cold because we need that to be warming things up. So it's like for night charts with a problematic Mars, the problem, no matter what is like, there has to be actually, it's not like there needs to be more action, but it has to, there's more effort to like focus it in this certain area or in like redirecting it towards like a stable um, fire. Whereas like the daytime struggle with Mars is so different because it's like, there's already this like wildfire and it's like it has to like they're both a centralization which is like the whole thing with mars is like you know mm. shooting arrow right on the target or like you know cutting someone right on the, or whatever you know it's like there's that precision that, that is martian and that is like strong that's not easy mm. like a sword is heavy like it's not easy to like wield a sword like that and efficient yes carrying that weight around does take work Honey knows how to wield the sword. <laughs> Period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
That is actually one of my favorite, or not that, but one of my favorite, uh, I would say, like, Venus-ruled Mars analogies or visuals is, like, the massive sword or dagger that's, like, encrusted with flowers, like a vine wrapped around it, like, beautiful, yeah. gorgeous, yeah. ornate, like, all of these jewels all over it, like, just mm -hmm. set in the metal, and you're like, oh, man, somebody really had a vision for the aesthetic of that weapon. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's perfect, and it also makes me think of, like, um, Austin Kopic's name for, like, the third decan of Aries, mm. which is, like, Venus in Aries, right? So it's, like, Venus mm. in a Mars sign, and his kind of symbol for that is, like, this rose that's on fire. Yes. And so it's, like, you have this, like, Venus area, like, she's her area, but she's in this larger Mars zone, so we have, like, this nice little rose, but it's, like, surrounded by flames, you know, mm. versus, like, this idea of, like, okay, well, let's put Mars you know in the venusian environment and we get like the opposite which is like you said like a you know a sword or a gun or something that's like being totally beautified yes and, like perfect juxtaposition of like mm, that doesn't belong there but <laughs> you would that. think you would, right right so that's the but because it's like when we get that balance of opposites like we find that i mean in life everything's dual so when you when we get that juxtaposition, it's like that's what allows for us to see, you know, why we why we need that or why it's good or why they go together or what like the inherent like connection is. Yes. Speaking of like Mars and Venus, uh, do you want to let us know where your Venus is? Yeah. So I have Venus in Scorpio. Um, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> so they're 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 in a generosity that's like this in each other's places but can't see each other's faces thing like it's basically mutual reception with a not as with no aspect mm -hmm. so not as fancy but yeah. still and, so cute as right, someone who also like, has a thing with this like me aversion situation <laughs> also love yeah yeah no no it's great um and I kind of think of it like, I mean, sometimes people talk about like a mutual reception, like you're going to like trade lake houses with someone, which, or, 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 or something weird. I mean, that doesn't really make sense. Like you would just go to your lake house if you have like another house to go to, but let's pretend that makes sense. <laughs> and like, imagine you're doing that. If, no, this is, this is Mars and Venus in a night chart. This is nocturnal Mars and Venus. They have the lake house. Okay. Day chart, they're like trading like cars or something for the day. Like okay. night chart, they're the whole trading. <laughs> okay so we'll do lake houses <laughs> if they're trading lake houses they're so remote in the wilderness that they can't actually like say it's like they both drive like here's the address and then they both get there and it's like it's locked <laughs> it's like we're here but like i don't know how to enjoy this thing because i can't really figure it out um i mean that's one really harsh way of describing it it's it's not always like that because that's the thing they got to climb to the window you got to get in somehow right so mm -hmm. um yeah i mean it's a uh, it's it's nice it's good mm -hmm. there's like the seeing each other from both sides but like i, I guess i kind of see it like if they were like an angry couple that like split up but then, like... <laughs> mars and venus is so angry couple <laughs> it's so <laughs> real like, like they split but like 10 years later they come back to dinner and they're like with each other again and it's like we're gonna just be silent that like we understand like 
the past is the past and like with some perspective you can like kind of see you know the other side but like they don't like address it (laughs) they're like we don't we don't need we don't need to talk about it we we don't need (laughs) to talk about it sometimes that does feel a bit like a mars and libra thing is like seeing so many different like your ability to see so many other perspectives is almost like you're ready to go so fast that you're like wait not everybody else is on the same page with everybody like i am and it's like this it's a very venus quality to always have that like we're good feeling and Mm -hmm. it's something that when mars is there in especially because i i feel like everyone kind of knows this about libra that it's such a maybe not though that it's such a relational place and that when you're experiencing like a libra person or have libra placements you are constantly not just with people but with energy and environments and all these different things that you are then like meeting and greeting relationally and Mm -hmm. in that place for mars it's always like being ready to go and then kind of like waiting almost waiting for everyone else to like get there Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting because, like we were saying earlier about like the sword, you know, in the mm. rose garden or whatever. I mean, Mars and Venus, like, it's it's they're both passion, you know, like that's their axis, like that's what that is. It's like what is like the drive, um, because like moon, like the moon Saturn or the luminary Saturn, like that whole like polarity. I mean, to me, that's all just about like existence and like security and like longevity mm-hmm. or health. It's like it's this more primal thing where it's like, what is my what is my life and my body and and how do I like sustain my force and you know craft my life purpose into something meaningful? Like that's this like luminary Saturn thing, but like it's very mind- much like how you exist in place and space and time. You know, like truly yeah. what that means for you for now and forever as you change over time like all Mm -hmm. of the different places that you go through in those ways yeah right and like that mercury jupiter is like how we have ideas and and learn things about Mm -hmm. the world and like apply those to higher more meaningful concepts about the meaning of life um but how like that higher perspective allows us to innovate our sciences and like our ways that we make community um but this mars venus it's so relational it's the whole human element uh, element of like meeting face to face and like you know exploring love exploring mm. creativity exploring intimacy yeah right like That's the intimacy like... that gets gooey because there is there is lunar intimacy but that is very mm-hmm. different right that's familial that's like blood bonded you know that's like... safety mm-hmm. there's safety and... and then there's like sexy <laughs> you know exactly <laughs> mars yeah. and venus said it's passion baby <laughs> exactly so i feel like you know when we're thinking about like venus ruled mars or any any kind of mars venus interaction even when you read you know some of the older authors or even more recent you know voices on this like it's gonna bring up like tension you know obviously in your intimate relational life like there's not necessarily going to be the easiest path towards discovering you know what that looks like and again that's this like how do i not just like fantasize being able to uh be so adaptable or be so flexible that like anything could just work out you know even if it's like a friendship or a a business partnership or something it's like how can how can that realism 
that you have to learn after like things kind of crumble um overcome a desire to be so inclusive or be so uh collaborative that it's like not realistic Mm, when it becomes something that is actually not quite believable but you're Mm -hmm. still willing to maybe go for it because you really are like convinced you have the ability to make it work Mm. Mm. and that's like the desire over actions like the venus can Mm. come before you're actually stepping into it and realizing what that looks like and when that doesn't make sense wow that could be someone even maybe just fantasizing about a relationship you know for instance or some person um Mm. before it's like oh god like this actually is like not doesn't settle well this doesn't feel good this is violent this is violating me um Mm. and it can also go the other way where the mars starts first and it becomes really intense and you're looking for love you're looking Mm. for the real connection and you can't get out of the grip of mars so there's like this really human element here where when you're in one so much and you're looking for the other um it can be difficult to get out of the grips of that because then you're in it and then you're in that and that's where a lot of that indecision comes from because Mm -hmm. then you're like cycling and not sure where really fits best and what is truest yeah yeah no absolutely I want to ask about your Aries and Scorpio houses. Um, you already mentioned that you have Venus and Scorpio. Do you want to talk any about anything else going on in your Aries and Scorpio houses or like the fe- like aspects or feelings you have with them in relation to your Mars and Libra? Yeah, I mean, Mars also rules my diamond, my mm. love spirit, um, which is in Scorpio. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a huge role, you know, for any planet in any chart. Um, the Lord of the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, kind of a big weight to hold, actually, is the Lord of Spirit. Like the most important spiritual analogy, if there was one in the birth chart, maybe. Um, that little guy. Um, so, yeah. For but, those who also aren't familiar, uh, do you yeah, want to? Yeah, yeah, like Lot of Spirit, one of the main mm-hmm. big guys, um, along with a lot of fortune. One of the big guys. <laughs> one of the big guys, as far as the Lot. <laughs> yeah, he's a big deal around here, Mr. Diamond. Um, yeah, Mr. Diamond. Like, we have this thing, like the moon phase, which is like your sun and moon's relationship. And we take that sandwich and we put that same sandwich from your ascendant <laughs> so i feel like i've just said this a hundred times i want to say it a different way oh my god i love you I yeah the calculation and you project <laughs> from the ascendant anyway yeah so, you, you calculate it <laughs> but yeah. it's the it's a big deal yeah a lot of fortune and spirit are both big, big deals yeah. big, big deal yeah. big guys around here so lord of diamond we do like the equal distance both ways up and down and like one of them is going to be one or the other based on things we love a switch we love a switch (laughs) (laughs) so that's yeah that's it but one of these points that's sensitive to your moon phase falls in your chart somewhere is about the lunar the lunar realm in a general way is it like befalls you and it's like how you how you fit into your environment and what's like given to you by your family and your community and what's um what luck you have in having good or challenges in health 
um, or good luck or challenges in acquiring material prosperity, um, all these like lunar necessitated like life energy things. And then the spirit, this reflective point from that is it's the gateway to the soul. It's the gateway to the consciousness. It's the gateway to the higher self. It's like this point that shows us where we are radically stepping in above the threshold of like our physical vessel and where something greater than ourselves is like participating in our reality in like an active way. So, you know, for me to have Mars ruling the daemon, um, yeah, I mean, this is a, an interesting thing um, because essentially this daemon, if it's, if it's representing like our pathway towards discovering a higher um, expression of ourself or discovering a higher um, perspective on how we can actualize our consciousness more readily or with more intention um you know mars is uh yeah he's in libra so mm. it's like in terms of you know how i would have to make a statement and of course this is like it's bigger than this it's your life's work but like if it had to be put into words somehow for my chart like yeah i mean that mission looks like um how showing up as mars in libra how showing up in a pacifying way or showing up in a way of um mm. you know again even uh floundering in the the chaotic world of life and and relationships um what all those lessons bring bring me to discovering about myself and how i fit in with my environment with other people and also it's 12th from from Scorpio, Libra is the twelfth sign. So yeah, you, yeah, the Libra Scorpio energy is so big in your chart. Like those two signs, like together, they just they just cover so much ground for you. Truly, yeah, they do. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm also like always tempted now to just like drop the fact that I, I've also like just pretty much converted to sidereal astrology um oh yeah this is true yeah that's actually a bit that's actually a big deal because we um i remember seeing like us like talking about this briefly and you yeah. like talking about it openly big time now and yeah yeah i mean openly is like coming out again um, yeah but... i mean literally <laughs> yeah but it's it's I, it's just funny because like in this case i'm thinking about like because i have a virgo mars and libra venus and it's like very different oh. um you know these other placements <laughs> um but it's interesting because at least in this context like i do think about how um like my spirit is sort of like right in the scales um mm. like right on the the fulcrum area yeah so it's also like uh i see it as this gateway of um finding stillness you know it's kind of like where's the balance and the desire to find that for uh transcendence whatever that is <laughs> we're all trying to figure it out honestly that's actually so interesting too because no matter what the system is you do have a good you, you do have a lot in libra then um mm -hmm. and no matter the system it's important in your chart which does in a way speak to the balance of that itself right well, that's just an interesting thing about how we chose to exist on the planet right now when like the equinox is only back like 24 degrees from sidereal zero Aries. So, you know, right now the creatures that exist, like you can be a scorpion Libra and a scorpion scale 
or you can be a scale virgin you know it's like and there's still even degrees where you know it won't change so someone can be like i'm still a gemini but like in a couple thousand years yes you, know, like, you won't be like a sagittarius scorpio like we'll have like creatures like you know a capricorn virgo or like a, a taurus scorpio or something you know it's like so we're in this time where they're still aligned in an interesting way and then also maybe speaks to right now like people with tropical mars and libra um that analysis paralysis maybe comes from the fact that sidereally like yeah it's kind of in front of the virgin and like you're also trying to like nitpick your way into like having things be so clear cut for yourself that like you can't decide about what to do or you can't like figure out the best way to do something because you're always trying to optimize it too much it's like mm, that yeah that is also present so Mm, that does speak to a very Mars and Libra quality of all of the different perspectives being considered mm -hmm. and weighing all of the different merits of them all. Because that is something that is very, you know, Venus, R Venus uh, centered in this is that one thing that I do, do really love about Mars and Libra is they find like the merits in things, like all of the good things within everything, you know, almost to their own detriment maybe at times, but mm -hmm. the ability to constantly see the good in others and that they are able to provide and how that, you know, dually works in the actual mindset and perspectives and philosophies as well. Yeah 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 it just cycles us back to thinking about like you know every everything in life is a reflection you know from ourself everything we experience mm -hmm. externally is nothing but like a filter in our mind that we label and try to understand and we're taught things mean certain things but actually nothing means anything mm -hmm. and everything's an illusion and discovering that is like oh really <laughs> um maybe there's something more than like what my reality has been so like mars and libra has always have this like earth shattering like what if i'm wrong you know like what if what if the perspective is different than how i'm like seeing it in my oh wow that really speaks to that cardinal axis of like what if the thing that i committed to isn't actually the best thing <laughs> yeah and that's totally extra true for the libra too where it's like oh why did i just like you know say this thing where i'm gonna do this thing where like i can't or shouldn't or or just don't want to right <laughs> period or just don't want to and i think that is no, something that's, that that's that's the bottom line that's the that, bottom line. that's the bottom line that mars and libras often forget that they actually do have to say when they don't want it do you remember what you want honey <laughs> do you even know i don't think I don't, do i <laughs> did you even know did you decide who knows I didn't even think I had to think about that. Huh. <laughs> I hadn't thought I hadn't even thunk that I had a thought. <laughs> we are air signing everywhere right now and I love <laughs> I know it's it's so good. I've needed I've I've needed this. It's really good. We are air signing so hard, I love. <laughs> and it's Mars Air. It's it's airy Mars. It's Aries Mars. It's it's so good. It, Honestly, it, let's let Airy Airy. Yeah, let's just talk about also Mars and Libra having jokes. I, I mean, honestly, I feel like this is an underrated quality, um, which I do feel like Mars and Libra are able not necessarily to just like have jokes in their back pocket, but they're able to like deliver a line in a social situation that everybody is like, 
what did you just say? That was ridiculous. Like, I feel like there's this ability to no matter where you are to like deliver the statement, like very purposefully, almost that, um, this really speaks to that inverted quality of like the Aries Libra part where it's like, oof, like maybe it might be like an awkward moment. You're able to like split the tension super well or like lighten the mood just so easily with something, you know, maybe a little spicy or just unexpected um, mm. that can really, that can really change the dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, comedy is the greatest distraction, right? It's like how how can you make someone laugh and also that's like this kind of class clown energy that I think is also can be Libra Mars um maybe speaking from experience <laughs> no but um like just that ability like you were saying it because the thing is with 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 most Libra but also especially with Libra Mars like you're actually you're going to find a lot of people who are very charming who are kind who are funny who are pleasant and you know it's like it it does come with this because when you when we think about like what that means like to say something stupid or to say something crazy or funny you know when you make someone else laugh it's like oh i'm it's almost like this inverted way of like it's like okay most situations like something's wrong let me fix it and make the balance like even whereas like the whole jokester and comedy side of like the mars and libra is this like reverse engineering way of like let me shake up the field like against myself like in mm. like pro proactivity so that like no one's like uh you know just just so that everyone's like chill or every or no one's mm -hmm. like second guessing or, or overthinking anything it's like there's all this extra head work that can like jump in to mm. allow for this other kind of like e equilibrium if that makes sense it does that does remind me of the airy quality that often comes with overthinking uh with mm. the mars and libra because mm. um often sometimes those like comments and stuff can come a bit like self-depreciating because mm. if there are so many other perspectives and so many great people out there then it often can seem like how much do i have to measure up to like where do i fit in on the scales um and on that kind of feeling of trying to measure up even if it's not to others even if it's just to the expectations that you have for yourself um to really make sure that you're essentially like measuring up and making the cut in that way yeah i love that you just used that phrase measuring up because that's just speaks so much to the libra experience of like i am always like in the mind it's like libra is always weighing itself to the judge and having to prove its case even when there's no judge it's even always... when you even when you are the judge well, and right. jury uh, and judge executioner <laughs> all in one and when there's like 12 executioners lined up and it's only like one judge and it's like a small a small claims like court case about like the stupidest pettiest thing um but anyway um period yeah some days there's like 14 but anyway um i love uh, yeah no but like this weighing up is so literal because when we think about like what what's getting weighed you know when we have mars on the scales it's like we're having to weigh up our effort and our our force and like that's also exhausting as heck and that's also why the shadow other side of mars and libra is like 
laziness or not never going, <laughs> never you know, doing anything not doing the, the thing that you you say you do because it's the air um and so you know that's a that's a reality that's like again it's just where's where's the balance come in and where do you not throw your your plate too high to like prove to some judge so you don't die um that like you just have your small plate and keep it full enough yeah keep it full enough but not overfilling with everything from everyone mm -hmm. but also not emptying your your plate out all the time to other people no that is a thing because there's so many so many good people mm -hmm. yeah mm. <laughs> Um, so do you want to talk about any other bodies in your chart that Mars is aspecting? Is there any that you wish to mention or would like to, to discuss that are maybe relevant um, or not? Sure. I'll, I guess I'll mention, um, Mr. Hermes, cause mm. if you can already tell, um, they're a little blended. Um, so, you know, that Mars Mercury energy is, uh, that's a combo um that's kind of kind of in my chart um and yeah you know it's like it's interesting because in some of the ancient texts too like you know they'll say mars mercury you know at, at versus day versus night is very different um because at night when you have that nicer <laughs> mars it's it can be a little more you know able to pull itself together as much as it can not perfectly but the day Mercury Mars, I mean, I'll just be honest, like, I'm not trying to say cause I'm a night chart or anything, but like, when you when you read about Mercury Mars a day, for instance, like there's certain fixed stars, um, like, for instance, Shaula, or like Betelgeuse, um, you know, these Mercury Mars stars, um, they'll say for day charts, the star is going to be more malefic, it's going to bring criminals, it could bring murderers um ancient te ancient texts are really hardcore y'all right i'm giving the i'm giving the the extremes right here <laughs> yeah I so if you know. yeah so just know if you have uh, that configuration you're probably not going to have all of those it, it no. it'll be okay yeah we need a lot of other things to to show that um but but yes yeah and then like a night chart you know it can be more conducive to like you know, think about Mercury, Mars is up at night, you know, they're reading, they're studying, or they're psyching themselves out over something. It's super what? worth mentioning. Um, I'm glad you brought this up. Um, because we this is, um, I also have Mercury, Mars, like super close conjunct, like in Taurus ruled by Venus. And so um, I wanted to specifically talk about this. Uh, if well, if we if you were cool with it, because we did end up recording this at night. And we did end up like the time that worked for both of us figuring this out did end up being like a nighttime event. Mm. Um, for me, it is definitely night for you. It's probably like sunset or getting to be there. Um, yeah. And so we knew that this was going to be like an evening affair with Mars yeah. and then Mercury just being like, sup y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great. And I think, you know, both, uh, both both sects have that ability to tap into either of course mm. like that's just the the, the duo <laughs> you're gonna yeah. get both sides um but like basically when when mars is cooler you know he can basically just intensify the fuck out of mercury to like keep him reading or writing or, or traveling or, or whatever mercury wants to go do 
keeping him satisfied, busy, you know, uh, that's definitely a combination that I often think of like the busy working hands. Like mm -hmm. you keep, you get yourself busy doing things, whether it's like your hands are busy, whether it's like your mind is busy, you have all of these different layers of like activity and onlineness it makes me think of online. those old yeah those old like aim messages like hi i'm online and it's like you're like you're tapped in logged on ready to rock and roll oh my gosh i feel like my busy icon is always on <laughs> yes the busy icon yes yeah, like in discord be like this person right now is busy <laughs> <laughs> yeah the ball is always red or no that's a way i don't i don't remember one of them yeah, yeah the one that's the one that's like on activity doing Do way too fucking much <laughs> that is true that is very true yeah. mars is definitely an overworker and yeah. um that is probably something to mention specifically with debilitated mars is that you know a debilitated planet as we mentioned does have to work a little harder and that could sometimes lead to maybe overcompensating mm -hmm. and in you know, for Mars case, when that's debilitated in Libra, that can be very much like overcompensating and overexerting yourself in those like social situations with others, you know, giving a lot of your energy and just essentially your air time, like your energetic mental capacity away to others. Um, often because you feel genuinely called to do it because you want to do it. And then it takes you doing the super hard cardinal thing and going and going. And then eventually it'll hit you that you just gave away so much energy and you're like, Oh my God. And then Mars, literally the pure energy, like how much do I have left for me? You know, mm -hmm. how much is left for me once I've been done. And once I'm finished giving and giving and giving and giving yeah yeah and that's also why i think night mars people need exercise night mars problem people need really active use of their body um Un unpopular opinion that everybody does because everyone has mars somewhere but that's well, an argument for another day yes yes no that's 100 <laughs> but it's but no, it is definitely for now that's 100 not right for now um, I do. I just think it's so real. I think every Mars person, I mean, everyone has Mars somewhere. Like, it's like the same thing with Saturn. Like, you have that shit somewhere. People be like, oh my God, I hate Scorpios. Okay, cool. It's somewhere in your chart. Work it out. Maybe yeah. you have Pluto there. I don't know. Like, figure it out, sis. You know, like, no matter what it is. And especially for Mars, like no matter where you have Mars, you have to be active. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's even mentally, you have to have some sort of regular activity that your body can do, you know, that can keep you moving, that can keep you active. Cause Mars, the thing about them, they want to go, mm -hmm. they want to go, they want to do something. They're mm -hmm. not content with nothingness. Yeah. Like that is the thing about Mars is that they are one of the most somethingest Mm -hmm. doing somethingest things there's an undeniable action there that everybody has to do something i will say that nocturnal mars people perhaps are a little more i would even use the word desperate for it um because as as me and like a couple other you know nocturnal mars people that i've spoken to like about this sort of thing does tend to have a more like deep desire to do it that you know, some nocturnal don't, or some, I should say, diurnal don't. Um, but by and large, still, like, Mars is going to have to Mars to do something. Yeah. Mar Mars is going to have to Mars to do 
something. But I will say Mars and Libra, they really like doing stuff with others. It's a very social activity, uh, I've actually noticed. Mars and Libra people really ex- like excel when they get to do like things with others. I've noticed, maybe this is me because of my partner and a couple of my friends as well, um, and a couple other people I've just spoken to that I have gotten information on their charts. Lots of rock climbers have Mars and Libra. It's a social sport. You yeah, can't, you literally, you literally can't do it alone. Um, mm. And I know a couple of people also just because these are the things I do. So, of course, I know a couple dancers that have it as well because um, that's the thing I do. Um, but still, it's interesting to see it come up in places that are, like, very facilitative of being with mm-hmm. others. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really interesting because, of course, like, we have that, um, like, I'm, that word I mentioned earlier, like, collaborative, really is such a big element of the placement. Um because it's kind of like continually poking other people to like get aroused out of them which can also be like annoying (laughs) um but also it's like how how much they learn and how much they learn about like social etiquette or even like Mm. social politics um or just even like being a relationship counselor you know from having to navigate that with themselves and for other people you know they're often playing some kind of mitigating role usually they can get swept into that rug um people might see them as um you know someone who can step in to give like their perspective or opinion sometimes on that um but yeah i think also going back to what you were saying a little earlier just about like the movement with mars um yeah, I feel like, especially because Mars is, Mars is like the detox that we need. Because it's like, if you think about like a sickness, like if you think about some illness that comes on like quick and hot and heavy, like it's like, it's to like get some shit out, you know? And like, we you either like let that accumulate in your body and that comes up as like a really acute sickness um, or chronic if there's also Saturn stuff involved. Mm. Um, but like that's, or, or, it's like you know you go for your run you go for your pilates you go for your um whatever there's so many ways there's so many infinite ways to express the movement of the body um and that's perfect because if the body's not moving the mind is moving you Mm. know it's like it's kind of one or the other It, it can be both of course but like you're either like getting more focused mm. on like the movement of like your corpus and like how that like puts your mind in this flow state of um you know awareness and eventually hopefully we can like do that while we just sit and meditate and that's like the ultimate goal i think that like- is a very mars and libra thing actually is the body and the mind moving at the same time in that way i do think that that really speaks to the like experience of like that airy mars of like it being your body that is moving that is like both keeping your mind moving and then vice versa Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean they feed into each other for sure Mm. um but when it's not it's like okay you can either be doing way too much movement without really thinking and that plays into like the you know someone who is going on a date every night of the week or, or whatever at the extreme or the person that's like thinking too much without moving 
you know, and that's like the person who's, um, yeah, maybe just really, I mean, it could be someone who is maybe socially anxious or someone who is um, just really loves to learn or, or, or is just in their mind and it shows up less in the, in the physical. It's like either way, there's this balance that gets interplayed there where people, I think with Mars and Libra, maybe try to figure out how what they learn about the world and people and thoughts and ideas and philosophy um how that shows up to like improve or change their change the way they show up you know in their relationships because mm. mm, that can really affect how you show up in each individual relationship in your life mm. you know it's not it's not just a one broad expression that you're giving to every single person you know that's very varied depending on the quality of every single one of those relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like Mars wants to critique the relationship. It wants to like mm -hmm. get thrown on the, onto the scale to weigh, you know, what it, what it thinks it can offer mm -hmm. um, for better or worse. Half the time, 50, 50. Yeah, truly. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you want to share you know specifically body related to your mars and libra experience yeah sure yeah i like that you add this question because it is really embodying um mars literally <laughs> it's it's very i mean let's see let's be real y'all y'all heard it on the intro every episode this is a show about being a body and this <laughs> mars series is the epitome of what it's like to be a body because and this is and i will say this is a very both all the planets have a role in embodiment all of them do most heavily the moon and mars it's a tight contest but mars is visceral yeah yeah i mean i'll just say for myself first before maybe we talk about like melopecia and stuff because there's some mm. interesting parallels we can make with that yeah um, i mean mars rules the bound of my ascendant mm. um so i know there's like this way to divide the signs and mm -hmm called the bounce for anyone who's not familiar and like they really give this like key into how something's getting like very viscerally physically manifested it's like great for like physical descriptions or um you know they just describe these like physical landscapes in the signs where like you know the 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 mars bound um you know of gemini which is near my ascendant um you know it's like my body becomes more hot basically like my like i'm I'm a hot, hot-tempered body. Do you want to mention the differences in the bounds for those who aren't familiar? For those who aren't familiar with which one we use. Yeah, I mean, I think, <laughs> tea. Um, yeah, I think most you know, tea, most hot and food. steaming. In fact, <laughs> um, like the Egyptian bounds. Is this that's what you mean? Versus... I mean, yes. Okay. Yeah, so like there's this one system of like these magical little mini sandwiches of each sign um, and they're super mysterious, although they're not because I think we're cracking how they were devised. Um, I think, I don't know, I think we're all hail, all hail the revival of traditional astrology. <laughs> Truly, y'all don't know, y'all, if y'all are listening to this podcast, I'm sure you already know. <laughs> um but yeah i mean there's also like ptolemy made his own kind of system of bounds which are super actually interesting um 
David Cochran, who's an amazing astrologer, everyone should go read up on Dave. Um, David did an incredible video on, or a few on the Ptolemaic bounds and like found this insane math that's like hidden inside of them with like prime numbers and the golden ratio. And Ptolemy doesn't even talk about it, but it's like super. <laughs> anyway, this is like- it's, whole... it's advanced. This is me giving my Mars and Libra saying, there's another cool perspective. Here. That's what I wanted though. That's what, that's why I did it. <laughs> You know. super intentional i already knew but needless you know to say get on with you guys right now right needless to say egyptian yeah i mean for all <laughs> intents and purposes I needless to say egyptian yeah needless to say egyptian bounds. um but also not needless to say but i'm gonna say it because also sidereal bounds oh my period God. i'm like I, I i can't there's no other there's no other answer sorry Here's not sorry oh. yeah not not Libra bars not sorry what did I say no, not sorry. sorry love that's yeah, iconic it's uh I mean some research I've been doing over the last few months with the sidereal bounds and particularly with how they align onto the portions of the sidereal images of the constellations um it's remarkable um and I'm more than convinced at this point that those were originally part of how they were devised and that also play into how they are perfectly mathematically organized with how many degrees each planet has and why they're in certain orders. I think all of that together plays in with the images to, to make them really come alive. So wow. anyway, my so love. Um, but yeah, so my my ascending bounds Mars, you know, so mm -hmm. I, you know, red, red, red cheeks, you know. Yeah, uh, the reddish appearance for sure. I that was one of the first things I saw whenever I first saw you at Norak, I was like, oh my god, he has the cutest cheeks. <laughs> of course, I noticed that though, like. <laughs> yeah, my fellow, my fellow Venus, Mercury, Mars, trio, honey. Truly. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like my, I'm just like always normally hot, like I need, like I need my cold shower, like I need that practice every day at the end of my shower to like turn it down and do some breath breath work because if i'm not closing the system down like it's just it stays yeah it stays open so i need that condensation um but also like having cold. i will i will say that's also just broad spectrum would definitely give that to like as good mars remediation for anyone if they want to engage with mars in a way that's like super mm -hmm. safe is take like a hotter than comfortable shower mm -hmm. and then turn it cold yeah and to yeah. feel the experience of like the heat all around you absorbing you and then for it to go cold and then to just mm -hmm. feel the heat emanating from your inner exactly. body. No, that's literally the definition medically of like how to improve your Mars physically. Yes. Like, talk about like fire, like the choleric energy, like the collar, the blood that's running in your body, your hot mm -hmm. blood. When we, when we take a hot shower, when we run, whatever, you know, our blood vessels open up, we pump more blood. Mm -hmm. um, and then when we constrict that and cool afterwards it. by cooling down or taking a cold shower, doing an ice bath or whatever, um, it's actually super detoxifying for your system. Mm. And that's not only just energetically helping cleanse your system out, but as above, so below. So it's reflecting on Absolutely. the Mars imbalances that might be going on. Yeah. Um, energetically, like as far as disposition goes, and then definitely bodily 
um mm-hmm. for sure because yeah like that's yeah. and that is one of the reasons that i get on my soapbox about mars is like you know medically everyone has a mars and you have to get it out some way like there has to be an energy output and then you have to be able to then you know if you really want to go there and to understand that to feel that opposition force within um because i don't read it aloud because it's a lot for the viewership but um before we get going i always read the mars hymn with um, my guest astrologer to get us in the mood um and you know for anyone who's familiar with the mars hymn or if you're not it speaks a lot about that heat and then the pullback. That mm-hmm. is really what the Mars hymn is literally about. It's like, you've been fighting so hard, chill. Yeah. <laughs> You're good. Yeah, no, your fight good. your fight has been fought. And the feeling of that super shift between like that encapsulating heat to then like flat, to pushing it out to be cold and then just feeling the heat from within yourself only um is so powerful to really feel that like raw potency within your body Mm -hmm. yeah and just when you talk about like medical mars like and when we go to this like okay well what is mars in charge of in the body okay (laughs) he's at home in aries and scorpio period so that's the head and the yuhu um and the goodies yeah um and when we think about like what and also um i believe it's pronounced coccyx the bone like your tailbone and stuff like all that stuff yeah Mm. all that super super relevant um i have a personal i'm not going to share it live because i don't like have permission from client but i have a very specific client situation that has gone on Mm. with that that made that uh that uh delineation very very real because i had seen it written and was like i don't know why that would go there specifically and not with maybe you know libra but like it was very much i was like oh no this is a scorpio world thing got it got it but anyway yeah um you know when we think about that like uh because you know there's lots of different planetary um associations to organs and like different parts of the Mm. body but like based on the sign level the melathesia is yeah head and genitals at the very basic there's more even but we'll leave it at that um so when we think about like where mars goes in your body when you think about like when mars tune turns on in your consciousness like it's energizing your head and your reproductive organs um and so there's this like literal primal instinctual desire to like you know think like the survival the reproductive and also mars exalts in the knees you know in capricorn so it's like he always wants to he always wants to be working working that ass off exactly literally that's the that's the thing about mars is that i like the visual that i always like to think of is essentially um a person like bent over working because Mm -hmm. their head is in everything that they're working in they're like essentially they're like whole like reproductive kind of area is like lifted up to the sky essentially it'll be like the highest point in the sky and then they're usually on their knees bent over working and doing what they're doing Mm -hmm. and so that's like the three-part like dignity like visual that i always love for Mm -hmm. mars because it's like you're literally grinding you're working you're focused you're doing it (laughs) (laughs) also yeah it's the it's the face down ass up position but whatever but whatever i wasn't gonna deliberately say it but you know it is what it is it's the mars (laughs) assume the mars position Uh, (laughs) got it (laughs) (laughs) but 
like that is literally what it is and i often think about like not just that but often like the people who like pick our food that will be working out in fields that will be like bent over like yeah. factory workers like yeah, laborers over is hard and it hurts <laughs> it, but it's it mars. is hard <laughs> but it's mars thank yeah. you but like also just gonna say like the exaltations on the Melithesia actually like it makes a lot of sense it does like you think of the sun right the, the sun is the, the yes jupiter exalting and cancer in the belly cancer. period you know so anyway honestly um, a whole other discussion for a whole other day for us <laughs> right i know let's do that um, um because that's very real but yeah yeah mars like is such an embodied planet all of them are but mars feels so visceral in our body it's a very instinctual like urge that we have to call that we yeah. can't we can't deny we can't not answer to it um That's it can't great. be ignored yeah is there anything else you wish to share about that before we maybe dive into some people things Let's dive into some people things. Let's do it. Let's do people things. Mars and Libra, let's do the people things. Okay. My number one. Love. So, okay, yes. Yeah. So, we're going to talk about uh, okay. people, like famous people that you will know, um, or maybe not. Uh, we will introduce you to them that have Mars in Libra. Super icons on this list. Yes. So, my number one I thought of was Lisa Kudrow. So if any of you a good seen, one, a good one. Yeah, and this is gonna circle us back to a bunch of stuff we were saying earlier, which is spectacular. Um, but Lisa Kudrow, you might know her from Friends, famous American sitcom. She's been in a ton of things. She's a great actress, and at least her character and like what she's most well known for for like the years that she acted in Friends was you know her character Phoebe on the show, who was like this happy-go-lucky, fun like again like going back to kind of like that class clown energy like let me just like be like really chill and like kind of funny and a little bit like all over the place um but like friendly and like charming and nice um likable this super likable yeah and like this kind of innocent funny quality um but so yeah, it's Interestingly, when I saw you put her on the list, I was struck because I have never been like a super friends person. Like I didn't watch all of friends, but I've seen enough of the episodes to know what the like the show is about, you know, and I've seen enough content through time to know what it's about. But Phoebe is the one character who I feel like is more known about than any of the others. Yeah. Like maybe this is just my perception yeah. of it and like understanding and like seeing the placement through her in that way. But she is literally the character that I feel like the most people talk about that I see the most about that I feel like is the most well known and the most iconic for or like her. more favorite or people that remember the name of the character more like, yeah, definitely true. Um, but yeah, and then the next was Nelson Mandela. Um, Oof, a big one. Yeah, this was a big one. You know, he basically worked to liberate a nation from apartheid. Um, that is actually a theme on the list is like war? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. We have a few more we'll get to. Like Abraham Lincoln, John Lennon. You know, these are like major war? In politics no. in culture, in society that all fought or non-fought. You know, the pacifists who stood up for peacemaking. Um, and that stood up for justice and equality um, for everyone, you know, for Abraham Lincoln in terms of, and, and you know, 
again, you know, maybe you can say what you want about him or what he actually had behind closed doors. But his archetype, his purpose in human existence, what he's known as in the collective consciousness, you know, everyone thinks of this man. And he was, you know, the, the figure that brought to America, um, yeah, the liberation and abolition of laws that are inhumane towards African-American people back in the 19th century. So, um, yeah, we love that. And then also John Lennon, um, who was, you know, anti-war hippie in the 70s and 60s. Um, he just fought for... In a lot of ways, John Lennon was like the pop culture archetype of what Abe Lincoln was doing. Um, in a lot of like, in a lot of like modern day realizations of like, Mm -hmm. what does that actually mean for people, you know, because that time, um, of John Lennon's like, essentially like massive rise popularity during those times, like during those Mm -hmm. iconic moments, um, did have a lot of those like rings of like freedom and equality for all people, you know, that all people getting what they need and what they truly must have and that everybody has those needs that have to be met Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i feel like that also speaks to like the martyrdom element with mars and libra that we've kind of Mm. touched around as well which is like you know he he did end up being assassinated um and you know it's this tragic thing but it's almost like it wasn't like he was assassinated because you know he was non-violent uh pacifist it was more just that he you know well he was a famous figure and was a target um by a criminal and a crazy person but at the same time it's like those things kind of became equated where it's like you know great figure who stood for values and and social justice morals um who was also like taken down at uh, the, the the arms literally of someone else um so and that just again it feeds into the same archetype where you know, there are extremes with either end with like martyrdom and sacrifice that play into that Mars and Libra archetype too. Mm, They're willing to go to both extremes to -hmm. truly, as you said earlier, you know, being willing to go to the extreme to understand where the balance has to be. Yeah. And being willing to commit and going all the way there and fully going without hesitation, maybe with a little hesitation and a little indecisiveness, but sometimes still going and being ready to experience the depths and the spectrum of that on both ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, next one was Freddie Mercury. Um, again, you know, a... we we pray to the God. <laughs> really? I mean, obviously, also in his name, you know, pretty well known for the mercurial themes going on in his chart um super virgo super Um, virgo (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes um but also like you know but also mars and libra right exactly and so that also maybe brings up like the mars venus thing that also gets thrown around in some ancient texts in terms of like queer queerness intersecting with like mars venus interactions yeah that is actually something we haven't touched on you know both of our us talking about this like the mercury mars that we have both rules Mm -hmm. by venus and like the queerness of that yeah yeah the mars venus relationship and you know them being lovers in all different genders and all different binaries and levels of existence yeah exactly um and so of course he became a super well-known figure for that and how he stood up for um queer rights and equality for queer people um and was a figure for that 
um, very much so and yeah definitely a very vocal voice in standing up for the rights of queer people in a more public way than most uh i would say normies were familiar with or comfortable with or aware of at that time you know bringing those conversations into a more um i guess that is also a really good mars and libra um you know delineation is like bringing super polarizing topics into an area of discussion that can be discussed by different people with different perspectives and to be Mm -hmm. able to hold the um heatedness of that with and be able to weigh all of the different you know sides to that while still being able to stand up for the point and like for Mm -hmm. what's really right and true and um what's just yeah yeah and i feel like too it's interesting because his archetype of like Libra Mars, whereas like in some of the other cases, it was like that pacifist energy where it's like, you know, he, whether they were like saying, we're not gonna fight. In his case, it was like this opposite of Aries wasn't like, we're not gonna fight, but it's like this anti-masculine patriarchal archetype that was getting like rebelled against or inverted or flipped. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like, we see how it's still an inversion of that, but it wasn't like, I'm not gonna fight. It's like, I'm gonna fight against this like symbol that perpetuates you know hatred yeah Um, and then oh yeah what were we gonna say no i was just gonna just like touch on um no go ahead okay yeah um yeah and then i also had simon cowell which i just thought was funny because he's like just known for being like the most like neutral bland like no and it's like he's not gonna like spend an hour trying to like critique you know he, he was a judge on an american singing show also if, if someone doesn't know um, right yeah like the singing the voice of the libra like very literal and he like is the bars in the room being like mm, no <laughs> truly like an iconic no like getting a no from simon gal was like a mark of success for a lot of people was you got to the point to get a no from him and that was a big right. deal yeah so yeah um but that, those were um some of my examples that i thought of for good people with that uh that scaly mars yeah do you want to leave us with maybe any advice or wisdom that you have for anybody with this placement or for someone who loves this placement anything you want to leave us with well i guess i would just say to release the pressure to like have everything in balance you know like don't always hold that on yourself to have other people's stuff organized like that's beyond your own control um, and like, just, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir right now. Cause like, I, you know, my whole MO that I have to check in with myself is that is like checking in with like, what energy am I like taking in right now from all these external stimuli? And like, what am I like internalizing unnecessarily from what I'm hearing or reading about or talking about with other people? And like, just having that ability to mm-hmm. firm up with myself, like what's me and like what I, what I really need to have my, my two cents on. Oh, that's beautiful. Identity. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. Is there anything that you're working on right now? Uh, Tell the people where they can find you and what you offer. Yeah, no. Um, So I'm on Twitter at Omega Astrology and Instagram, same handle. Um, My books are sort of open. There's a few slots that I have open. Big secret, Um, apparently. Yes. Well, no, they're they're. (laughs) <laughs> no, I literally just meant that because like I'm not doing a ton of readings right now, but I am gonna have a little relaunch when Mercury's direct. Um, so Cute. naturally like, organizing some of that stuff right now. Um, and yeah, right now I'm actually doing like a 
sort of volunteering residency at Kaylee, the Celestial Arts Education Library, um, where, yeah, we're scheming up a bunch of really awesome stuff for the community and, yeah, trying to get the word out there for other people who don't know about this awesome thing that's going on here in Olympia, um, being run by Jen's Art. Yeah, and, massive shout out to Jen. She's doing amazing groundbreaking work in astrology in the like documenting of astrology and the maintaining of these texts from years past in so many different traditions it's mm -hmm. extraordinarily admirable and amazing what jen is doing right now y'all yeah. um if you don't yeah. follow kaylee on anything you like you need to know all about jen and about kaylee and all of that yeah so become a member you get access to all of the materials in the library um, and you get to support an institution that's also like doing really important things for the community and we're also launching like a quarterly review um which i'm going to be an editor for um and a ton of other things there's courses and webinars and book talks and just so many awesome things coming out so yeah stay tuned for that i'll be peripherally involved here um but yeah that's that's about it Oh, yay. I also have a podcast I do with my best friend Stella Moet. I was I was um, about to say, don't forget yeah, the pod. <laughs> I know at the Mercuranian. We live stream on YouTube. We're reading a book right now. We're reading Retorius, who's like an ancient Egyptian astrologer. We're like making it up to date for modern astrologers to understand and practice. And um yeah, that's about it. Yeah, shout out to Cam and Stella. That podcast is so good. So much love for the Mercuranians on this pod. Like pod to pod loves in the oh, deepest yes, way. We need to do a trio. That's season. Yes, two. we do collab pod. Getting all of the homies into the the Mercury. Ooh, yeah, collab, collab, collab with all the other homies with pods. Oh, now yeah. that's that's it. It's about time. Honestly, we there's <laughs> there's enough of us now. It's time. I love that. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, well, oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Cam. No, thank you. thank you for having me. It was, <laughs> I always love talking with you. It's always a party and I could be more honored to yeah, talk about Mars today. So thank you for having me here. And thank you to everyone that's still listening. Yes. Um, thank you so much, all of you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being funky. And I'll see you the next time our fates weave together. Mm -hmm.